surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. The Gamezilla Podcast. Is this the end of our civilization? Prepare for gaming domination. The mightiest monster of them all. Grimlock, the Dino 9, and Jazzy Fiddle. Gamezilla. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense and major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the Motor City Gaming Studios, Jazzy Fiddle. <laughs> okay, moving on. Uh, also with us is the Deadite Knight producer himself, Ebone. What's up, buddy? You're damn right. That's right. Welcome to episode 122 of the GameZilla podcast. Ah, well, I got a little bit older last weekend, but uh, as I was getting older, what uh, what's up, Jazzy? What were you doing? I was also getting older because I'm your twin. This is true, yeah. Twin. You got older first. I, I did. Yeah. By six minutes. Yep. But yeah, there was a, a real strong delay. <laughs> something about like mom needed a coffee break or something. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Oh, man. Oh, I I got super frustrated with a lot of games that I was playing, so I decided uh, with my OCD ass that uh, I was going to rearrange my room. You're going to rebuild your house, practically. Yes, that's what it turned into. It went from, hey, I'm going to rearrange my room to... Man, I really want a gaming setup, so I should like put a desk in here and, and get like my whole gaming setup just reorganized. And I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna build a desk. And then I gutted my room, like <laughs> legit gutted. If you go into my room right now, it's my bed and then the the piece of the desk that I'm cr- making. Now, mind That's you, it. I'm like, oh, the fish tank. Mind you, I'm like, hey, you want to play some games? You want to do this? And he's like, nah, I can't. I gotta let my desk uh, dry. I was like, what do you mean dry? He's like, I gotta let the glue dry. I was like. What kind of desk did you buy that you have to glue it? And he's like, I didn't buy a desk. I fucking built it. <laughs> he's like a true craftsman. Yeah. yeah. I was like, damn. He's like, when you see it, you're just going to wish you had one. I'm like, all right, man. All right. It is. I'm telling you, this is going to be so beautiful. It's going to become part of Patreon. Patron? Patron? Pa- Patreon. Uh, pat- yeah, whatever the fuck. Try, try it one more time. Patreon. That's good. Yeah. People are going to be like wanting... Jazzy No Wipe customized desk. <laughs> Jazzy No Wipe desk. Oh, it's a new product we're gonna have on the yeah. store. Oh yes, every desk. Jazzy No Wipe. <laughs> every desk for no fucking reason at all because it's a gaming desk is gonna have a fucking toilet paper roll holder. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter if you need to wipe your ass, clean your hands from some chicken wings. You got toilet paper. <laughs> you said right. that's not a bad idea. It's, it's yeah, not. I it's just not. thought of it. Patented it for the wings. Nobody could take that. I'm about to say DX Racer is about to run away with that with their desks. Yep. Oh, well, that's cool. If you I, do, DX Racer, fuck you. I'm excited to... Uh, I haven't even seen the results yet, but when you finally are finished, I'm sure people will be able to check them out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, oh, where yeah. you're going to be sharing up uh, some pictures of your new setup. Oh, yeah. As you, were calling it, as you were calling it your rig. Yeah. I'm like, so I'm like, yeah, we can build your computer, man. We can do that for you. No problem. <laughs> He's like, no, rig, as in like where I sit. And I was like, it's not a rig, man. Like, big rig. <laughs> I'm hauling. Listen, when you take a, a trucker seat out of a truck and then that custom build it into a computer desk seat, then it's a rig. First of all, I know you didn't do that because you're going to, the one thing you're not building is your chair. You're buying your own chair. 
True. Because I know what shirt you're buying. But I had to somehow cover my story by saying the word rig. <laughs> so that's what I came up with instantly. It was it was it was a stretch. Anyways. Ethan, what were you what, what's up? What's up? What have you been up to? So I started doing something that I kept as a secret from both of you to surprise mm. you Going uh, through about puberty? today. All right, well, well let's just I'm cut fi- his mic. I'm finally, <laughs> I'm finally ready <clears throat> to go through puberty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like to play video games. <laughs> the zits are breaking out all over his face. <laughs> so I, prior to getting into Overwatch, kept Blizzard and its games sort of at arm's distance, not really interested, thinking like, I don't think I need to get into Blizzard games. They seem, you know, almost like, I don't think that's really for me. Oh, no. It's not what you're thinking. I didn't start playing WoW. I don't have a computer. First of all, I wouldn't. First of all, I would. If you played WoW, we wouldn't be friends anymore. Yeah, I, yeah. that's good. You need to uh, exile me from. Yeah. From. But Motor I'm just City getting Gaming. prepared here. What did? Yeah. What, what's There's going? What's, only one other major console game that I can think of. It's probably not what you're thinking. I downloaded Hearthstone. Yeah, I, I, know, say, Hearthstone. I, I was. That's where I was going. Yeah, that's where I'm, I was going. I know I'm way late, late to this party, but I downloaded Hearthstone on Thursday or Friday. And I spent uh, some time uh, playing it over the weekend, and I really like it. It's fun. It's fun. It was easy to learn. I got the mechanics down after about my second match. And uh, it's free, which is always really appealing to me. And uh, I've been looking for a mobile phone game to play. Um, Every time I download one, I play it for like... I don't know, three days, and I go, yeah, this sucks again. You know, like (laughs) That's about how they last. And so I was like, you know, let me try Hearthstone. Every, you know, you guys have all played it, and I was like, I love card games. I know everyone here in the room uh, loves to play and trading card games. I go, maybe this, maybe this is really what I, what I want to try to play. And so far, I could see this having some staying power and uh, continuing to play for a while. Yeah, and I mean, it, again, by Blizzard, they're supporting it a ton. They, there's even some new stuff right around the corner that's coming out for it. So mm-hmm. there's pro players. There's pro there's teams. Turn, yeah. yeah, pro teams yeah. for Hearthstone. Hearthstone. Yes. Play me some Hearthstone. <laughs> that was actually pretty good. That was, that was right on. Uh, well, I had, I turned uh, I turned a big three three over the weekend. Oh, the shit. Yeah, uh, Man, but it's like uh, a third of the way there. Yeah, so I mean, I was really. Do- <laughs> that, yeah, that's if he makes it a ninety nine. Yeah, I would say it's more than a third. Man, I I, I wish, but it's probably not. Yeah, probably not going to be that lucky. Um. But I did, uh, be- even though I was super depressed and sad and feeling old, uh, I got to go out to the arcade and hang out with uh, my friends, uh, which you guys happened to be there, but I got to hang out with my other friends. Your real friends. Yeah, my yeah. real friends. At Jesse the- and I were just there for publicity. Yeah. We were there we to be seen. We didn't crash it. We were just there together. Yeah. <laughs> together. Yeah. Yeah. Together. It was together. a date. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. So, yeah, uh, a large chunk of the uh, of the Motor City Gaming crew was there. Some some of our uh, our close friends were there, and we got to play uh, Dave & Buster's. Uh, starting to turn into a trend with us. We for go, for, yeah, we go for birthdays or other big celebrations like bachelor parties and things like that, and we gather up all the tickets for whoever's celebration it is, and we just give it to them. Yeah. So uh, I ended up with over ten thousand tickets, and walked away with uh, Pokemon Monopoly with with the metal, the metal figures. So I was super pumped about that. And uh, rock 'em, sock 'em, robot rings. So you put them on your fingers, and then you like basically 
Rock'em Sock'em Robot Miniatures. And I was like, yeah, I got to get that. It's a good thing you didn't put those in the studio or Jazzy and I would not be <laughs> yeah. recording. Yeah. We'd be putting them on You'd hear dicks. all that little clicking and punching, and you'd have to do all the talking. It's a good thing I don't even know where they're at because Jade, I think, took them to, uh, to work or something and hide them from me. That Vodruk. Yeah. But... <laughs> Um, so we had a lot of fun with that, and uh, then, uh, yeah, I got to get some early access to ReCore. I'll talk about that in a little bit, but... Did you get my Star Trek card? Yeah, here's the thing. They're worth 250 each, not 100 Really? And if I scan them, I can't keep them. So I said, sorry, Jazzy, and I scanned them all. <laughs> Fair. So... I, at a hundred, we were gonna keep them. We were gonna keep two, one for you, one for me. And then, like, she's like, "Actually, they're worth two fifty each." I was like, "What?" Man, if I'd have known that, I'd have blown way more money on that game. Yeah, it because was, the ticket on yeah. the thing said one hundred. So, so it was it was one of those coin push games. So as soon as we walk in, uh, Jazzy had asked me like, "Oh, you know, have you seen any any new games or anything that run here?" Oh, well, I haven't really looked. And we're walking. I know Jazzy's a, a big Star Trek fan, and I just point. I was like, "Jazzy," and I point to the Star Trek coin push game and. Oh my goodness! It was I had to. I, shit. I, I actually had to tell everyone like, please don't let me play that anymore. <laughs> yeah. And then Jazzy's like, "Hey man, let's go play a little more yeah. Star Trek." I was he like, "No, no, 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 first, I can't go right? buy that machine anymore." <laughs> he comes up to me first, like, "Don't let me go to the Star Trek game." I'm like, "Don't come to the Trekkie and tell him not to go to the fucking Trek game. Like that's stupid." <laughs> yeah. I'm sat, dragging you there right now. <laughs> I sat at that machine for a while. Uh, that that game was addicting. It was all Phantom Joe's fault because I was just standing there watching other people play, and Joe's like, oh, why don't you play? Play one on me, E-Bone. And he swipes his <laughs> card and sits me down, and I was like, oh, well, that's quite nice. If you Phantom Joe, let me do that. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, swipe, swipe, swipe. And then at one point, I got a bonus that was like 40 more tokens. I was right. like, 40 more? That's like four free turns. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I <laughs> yep. They give you then they give you one of the little coins. Like if one of the little coins pops out in the prize slot, you can put it back in the machine. It gives you five more coins. So it's like when I'm done swiping, I'm like fucking on the ground, like looking under the machine for fucking coins. Like <laughs> he's like he's outside with the cup. He's like spare coin, spare coin. <laughs> I need to play Star Trek. Right. They put a quarter in there. Star Trek fucking coins. Yeah. Throw back at him. But my highlight highlight of the night is uh, Chops and I beat the Transformers game. It only took all of the remaining credits that I had on my card, but we beat that bitch all the way to the end. Let me just say one thing. I have no idea how that is a video game. <laughs> I have no idea how those voice actors have jobs. And whoever thought that man that spoke as Optimus Prime in that game sounded correct, he should be lynched. Help me! We need to get the Allspark! <laughs> that was that was better than what I heard. <laughs> that was better than... Man, it was terrible. Help but, me destroy Megatron! Yeah. It, it, was, it was pathetic. I, I, have to, I have to say, in, in all of our Dave & Buster's experiences, a lot of those, like, rail shooter games are atrocious. They are. It's like they have someone who's never programmed a video game before, and they're like, hey, just... Just try your best, and we'll throw it in this really expensive arcade cabinet and put it in a bowling alley <laughs> yeah. somewhere. It'll be okay. Actually, I think what it is is they have one game designed, and they just throw <laughs> different skins on it, and then to throw you off, like, example, the Ghostbusters one, they're like, okay, so that people don't realize this is the same game as, say, uh, the the uh, the horror game right next to it, yeah. we'll or, have it shoot ping pong balls at the screen for no apparent reason. No reason whatsoever. The, why do the Ghostbusters proton packs need to shoot? Ping pong balls and make this annoying. They're plasma sound. balls, duh. The worst part of it was that when you were shooting, 
the one at least the one gun you would shoot and where your crosshair was the ping pong ball would hit like i don't know two inches below it man two inches is being real kind it was probably <laughs> six it was, it was like bad. it had like a deep arc to it <laughs> so yeah oh that's Not, what she said nonetheless we had a, we had a really good time so i just wanted to thank everybody and thank my lovely wife for putting it all together uh, I didn't expect anything. I took I took the uh, the day off to to hang out and um, just take it easy on my birthday. So when we had plans, I was uh, listen that was horror happy. one that you made me play. Fuck you. All right. <laughs> so we're sitting to this horror one. He's like, you got to try this game. It's sweet. And it's like, horrors. Yeah. So oh, we horror. sit down. Filthy horrors. Horror. <laughs> so we're we're playing this rail shooter, and then the, the seat starts to vibrate, and like the clock chimes and scares the shit out of you, and like flashes the light, and I'm like, oh man, this is kind of. But no, then the fucking air blows on the back of your neck. I'm like, fuck it, I'm out of here. No, nope. <laughs> it's yeah. like starts misting at you. Oh my god. Well, you have a heartbeat monitor built into the gun, so when it tries to scare you, it actually gives you a heart rate readout, and the person that has the lower heart rate like gets the higher score because they didn't jump, they didn't scare as easily. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Once that game started, Chops and I beat that neck. one too, but a different, different, different trip. That was a free, free play. That was back back in the day when you go there and you got free play all the time because it didn't give you tickets. We just go around and play all the games that didn't give tickets and it just cost that. us nothing. I miss that. It still happens occasionally, but anyways, moving on. <sighs> Thanks for catching up with me, guys. This episode is going to be focused around a few a uh, few big things. We have we have a we had a busy week. We had a busy week. So Mario is leaving the Nintendo console. The year of the delay has struck again, and Sony hates us all. All this and more on the Gamezilla podcast. Listen up, dudes, bros, and uh, gentlemen. Huh. Huh. Get- <laughs> Get your facial hair looking the correct way by logging on to DetroitBeardCollective.com and ordering yourself some beard care products. I'm talking beard balms, beard elixirs, beard combs, and beard shampoos. You will not regret it. DetroitBeardCollective.com has the finest handmade products to keep your face fur looking, feeling, smelling the freshest it can. Go to DetroitBeardCollective.com and place your order, and at checkout, use the promo code MCGAMING to save 20% on orders of $25 or more. That's MCGAMING at checkout to save at DetroitBeardCollective.com. I'm searching the web for the latest gaming news. Searching MotorCityGaming.com. Downloading headlines. Download complete. Uh, breaking news. My beard smells lovely, and I love my Detroit Beard Collective products. Yes. They're Michigan-made products. <laughs> Good so job, So they took Jesse. the dirt that I pissed in, and then they made an elixir, and <laughs> now it's your beard. True. None of that's true. We're going to lose our sponsorship. God damn it, Jesse. Oh, my bad. This will be the third one this month. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm I like the, real the smell news. of my piss, and your beard smells like my piss. <sighs> the what? year of the delay is struck again. <laughs> this time, it's hit close to our hearts. The Last Guardian's been delayed. No one saw this oh, coming. Oh, my God. <laughs> this game's not coming out. What are you talking about? This is the first delay it's ever had. This hour. Listen, it's had a seven-year life cycle, okay? It clearly takes that long to develop a game of this caliber. Yeah. Anyways, guys, it's true. 
The Last Guardian delayed once again. This time, not as far off as uh, as previous times, but uh, we are getting pushed to December seventh. And on December sorry, 7th, December sixth, December sixth. On December 6th, we're going to get a message that says, Oh, we decided just to make this into a movie. <laughs> Listen, a delay, a delay, <laughs> as stated by the game developers here, a delay is a difficult decision, particularly with this game. No shit. But we have, incur- we have encountered more bugs than anticipated while in the final stages of development. You have been building this game for like seven years. What bugs could possibly be left? Pro- probably because you developed it for the PS3 and now you're trying to make it work on the PS4. <laughs> but anyways, what's your question? Here's a question. <clears throat> Did anyone buy Duke Nukem Forever? <laughs> no. No. Is anyone going to buy The Last Guardian <laughs> after uh, a decade of delays? No one's going to buy it because it's never coming out. But, I mean, I'll probably if it actually comes out, I'll probably buy it because it's from the same creator as Shadow of the Colossus and uh, Ico. So those are two games that are, are very important to my my gaming like life. Uh, but um, and it looks interesting. I just I just man, they they just can't seem to get out of their own way on this one. It was oh. originally slated to come out October twenty fifth. So I mean, you're talking what? I'm a little over a month away, but still, it just. <sighs> I guess they need, they need a couple more months for these bugs. So hey, you've waited seven years. <laughs> Why not wait two more months? Listen, this is what happened: seven years in the making of this game. The creator was flipping through some articles on gaming headlines, and they were like, "Fuck, No Man's Sky just got lit up. We got to delay our game <laughs> because it's probably going to be as big of a pile of shit as No Man's Sky if we release it today." This is true, but let's not stop there. The year of the delay has struck again. This is one that bothers me. <laughs> Bloodstain has been delayed. Ritual of the Night. Ritual of the Night. Bloodstain. Ritual of the Night has been delayed just a little bit to 2018. What is that? I turned 30 in 2018. <laughs> So, a game that I think came out was supposed to come out, you know, started working when I was 25 or whatever. <laughs> it's going to come out when I'm 30 years old. So, uh, Jazzy, you brought up a really good point about this. Why do you think this is happening? Why do I think that there's delays happening? No, but this particular game, you brought up good reasonings here. Um, this game is because. Dude, what did I say earlier? Oh, I'll tell you. I'll I, let I you know. Me. Let me know what it was. Um, first, real, real quick. So for anyone who doesn't know what Bloodstained Ritual of the Night is, it is the spiritual successor to classic uh, Metroidvania-style Castlevania games. It's the creator of Castlevania is now left uh, Konami, and he's making his own thing, doing the same route as the creator of Mega Man did with Mighty Number no. 9. And Fune. Yeah, this he's doing his That's own thing. That's what it was. There you Fuck go. Fucking creator of Mighty Number. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, it wasn't the all, creator. So, yeah, so the, this guy, this guy took uh, what five million dollars on Kickstarter or Indiegogo or something from fans, and this game is getting delayed another year. Okay, so here's the thing. It, it's fi- delays happen, right? We, we're we're in the world of delays now. It, it's almost common that like any game that you're excited for, it's gonna get delayed at some point. Record got delayed. Horizon Zero Dawn got delayed. Everything has been delayed. So 
I'm not worried about that. What I really want to know is you're still, if, if you're going to come out of 2017, you're still, let's say, six months, five months from launch. I mean, they were probably going to come out, what, February-ish, whatever? And then you push it to 2018. What happened? What happened that you need a whole nother year? You need another 12 months. How can you, what are you projecting that you need 12 months for other than, A, you've decided to go back to the drawing table and rebuild certain aspects of this game from the ground up? I just, I don't understand why you would need that much time. It's, it's also, it's a Metroidvania style game. It's not like they're going through and rebuilding something that I think would be ultra, you know, they're not like, oh yeah, that new Zelda Breath of Wild. Yeah, we need another year to build it from the ground up. It shouldn't take that long to build a game that, I mean, hell, the, 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 the genre has been polished for 15 years now. We've seen gameplay of this game. It looks good. So yeah. again, I'm like, where are you? What happened that you need 2018? Or is that just like a a soft date that you're just throwing out there and that maybe you're going to come down the road and be like, actually, it's November of 2017 or something like that. Like that. I mean, I guess that could possibly happen. But to just throw out 2018 scares scares me, especially... As a backer, because I backed both, I backed both Mighty Number no. Nine and this game, both when they launched. So now I'm like, here we go again, <laughs> right? Because I, because Mighty Number no. Nine, I got what two, two, three delays. Like, here we go again. It doesn't, it, like I, I, I don't know what these people are doing. Dif- different man in charge, different person in charge. And we're. Well, what's the common link? Jazzy hit it. In Fune. It's not in Fune, it's a studio. It's the it's studio, studio that released right. But you're, nine. you're one of the the most renowned video game creator, producer, and he does everything, all right? Like, how can you not get your shit together when these other studios are putting together games like Witcher 3 and Fallout 4 within the, t- within the time restrictions that they're giving you? Like, why are you pushing your game back years and years? Do we think in in the situation of Mighty Number no. Nine and the situation of Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, do we think that companies like Konami, companies like Capcom, these very talented people having to report to an actual company with hard deadlines and organization and structure, do we think that that is the environment that these people thrived in, and them thinking that they go and do it on their own and I'll oh, get people the game whenever they want? Do we think that's detrimental? Because they don't have anyone to report to, so they feel like, eh, I'll take my time, I'll make the game that I want to make. Which is good for eventually, if the fans get in like it, uh, from what I've been told, Mighty Number no. 9 was sort of a disappointment. Yes, it was. You're, you're right. It, it was a big disappointment. So do these designers and game producers, do they need to work for a company that has structure? I mean, I don't think they should. Because I think they're letting fans down more by by doing that than just creating a, a game that they can bring out down the road that people are going to be like, oh, I remember when he created this game, and I love those, so now I'm going to play this because he came out with it. But now it's like you're putting him into a situation where he's like, oh, yeah, I'll get you this game at this time, and then he doesn't either doesn't have the drive, doesn't have the ability, doesn't have the team behind him to create it the way that he wants to. What I think, what I think maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but what I thought Ethan was getting at was for Infune and, and and the creator of Castlevania, I can't even remember their name right now, but 
for them, they've always been inside of a company. Correct. They've always been part of Konami or part of Capcom, and they've had that structure within their company that now they are in charge of doing it themselves. And yeah. is there is that the link that we're seeing? Is that these these guys went solo? They went rogue. They went whatever indie, and they don't realize the support that they had over here that now they yeah. don't anymore. So maybe they don't have like like a talent manager or the managerial structure to. I don't. Yeah, to I mean, put your talent to work. Let's be honest. If I'm in Capcom and 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 I'm making something and it's and it's having issues like bugs right we, we didn't foresee all these bugs and Capcom wants to say cool we're going to pause this this project here and we're going to give you the entire team to work out these bugs like I don't care who you are on your own side you don't have that manpower yeah you you're, you don't so so again like maybe it's something like that where they've hit some major walls and because they're a 30 person production now they can't they can't just plow through it they have to take their time and then and, and it slows everything down and they don't have another team over here making a different game that they can say you know what we're going to shelf that for a month and give you this team to help speed up your project that doesn't exist so who knows it's it's super it's unfortunate um a lot of people are gonna be pissed off a lot of people have already has a, have a sour taste because of money number nine and i think the issue here is we're starting to see a trend, and it's going to scare people away from future Kickstarters, future cool projects that deserve a chance that may never get the chance because people aren't going to believe in that avenue to get funding. It doesn't seem viable. Like it, if I, it's... you know, if I come out with a great idea and I'm not in Fune, I'm I haven't created something epic, but I'm just you know, but we have this idea that looks promising. We're hurt by this. If the big guys can't do it, why is the little guy going to be able to do it? We're right. hurt by it, and that's and this is and Kickstarter and Indiegogo was built for us. It was built for, you know, the people that have the ideas, that have the drive, but but aren't rich or don't have direct access to this funding. And you're creating, you're building a wall that we're not going to be able to get through if you keep burning every bridge that you that you, you know that we put out there. Whose Kickstarter launched first, Infune's or Iragashi's? Uh, Infune's, I believe. Okay. I I want to I want to say I heard a Mighty Number no. Nine before I heard a Bloodstained. Yeah. I'm interested in e- either one of these guys, like next Kickstarter project, if they if they have one, like how hurt it it's gonna be. Well, here's how hurt it is. Infune decided to try to launch his second Kickstarter during the Mighty Number no. Nine development, and it failed. It failed to reach its goal, and people were pissed because Money Number Nine had already been delayed once, and then he put out this project he wants to do, and there everyone was like, "No, finish Money Number Nine, give me what I already gave you money for, and then put out your next project. Don't don't sit there and think you're gonna fund a whole other project when you can't even deliver on Money Number Nine. And then you you know then they took three delays, they prolonged it. What almost felt like almost extra year. And then they gave you a, a giant pile of trash. Like, some people enjoyed this game, don't get me wrong, but it was not a good game. It was average at best. <sighs> I, I have a feeling that when Bloodstained Ritual of the Night comes out, you're going to play it, put some hours into it, because it's not like, you know, a Metroidvania-style game is a quick play, and you're going to go, 
Yeah, for for like nine dollars, I could have downloaded Symphony of the Night on my Vita, you know. Yeah. Or oh, I have a a bunch of you know ca- old Castlevania games lying around that I already own that I could have played that are probably going to be a better experience than Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Yeah. So all right, well. <sighs> The year of the delay has struck again. We had those two delays. We're going to move on and talk about how Sony has blocked Fallout 4 and Skyrim mods on the PS4. And this is coming straight from Bethesda's mouth. So, Bethesda has announced that neither Fallout 4 nor the upcoming Skyrim Special Edition will receive mod support on the PS4 and blamed Sony. They had no problem coming out and just attacking Sony about this. Uh, Well, Bethesda has previously put the lengthy delay on Fallout 4's missing PS4 mods down to technical issues. A statement on the website today lays the problems at Sony's door and says it will also affect the upcoming Skyrim remaster. This is is quoted by by a person at Bethesda. After months of discussion with Sony, we regret to say that while we have long been ready to offer mod support on PlayStation 4, Sony has informed us they will not approve user mods the way they should work, where users can do anything they want for either Fallout 4 or Skyrim Special Edition. Like you, we are disappointed by Sony's decision given the considerable time and effort we have put into this project and the amount of time our fans have waited for mod support to arrive. We consider this an important initiative, and we hope to find other ways user mods can be available for our PlayStation audience. However, until Sony will allow us to offer proper mod support for the PS4, that content for Fallout 4 and Skyrim on PlayStation 4 will not be available. We will provide an update if and when the situation changes. Not that I want to take Sony's side, because they kind of pissed me off recently, but Bethesda can't put all of this on Sony. They're basically coming out and saying, oh, well, we're ready to go, Then, and now Sony's not letting us do it. No, you've delayed this before saying that there are technical issues with the creation of this mod program. I guess let's be honest, though, okay? They said that. Were they maybe giving Sony the, like, the faith that Sony was going to come around? Like, they said they've been in discussion for months. So could they have had technical issues before? Sure, but... If they were truly in discussion for months with Sony in a debate in an argument trying to trying to find a level ground and and finally just just doesn't seem like it's going to work if I'm Bethesda then I'm going to come back out and say yeah and you know what we were saying it was technical issues cuz we didn't want to throw Sony under the bus but they're not working with us and uh we can't do it because Sony won't let us I mean if I was a developer, that's exactly what I would do. I'd be trying to give them the benefit of the doubt, and then when they're coming around just saying no, then I'm going to tell the truth. Yeah, but do you want to burn the bridge with the number one console on the market right I'm now? Bethesda. If I move to Xbox exclusive, I make Xbox better. I'm, you're, you're not You're not Hello Games. You're not No Man's yeah. Sky. Bethesda you're Bethesda. You're Doom. You're Skyrim. You're Fallout. You're you're dishonored. You're like they're they are. You know, I'm not going to sit there and call them EA. I'm not going to sit there and call them. You know, but they are one of the big boys. You put them at like if if they were if you put EA, Activision, companies like that at the top tier, an A. Uh, Bethesda's a solid B plus. Absolutely, they're right behind. I mean, yeah. you know, they're they're the one that's like that has their own stage and you're like, wow, Bethesda has their own stage. Like it, it kind of feels like, should they have their own stage? But then they go out and they prove to you 
why they had their own stage at E3 and stuff like that, right? I wouldn't, if I was, okay, yes. Do you want to piss off Sony? Of course not. Nobody does. But at the same time, you're Bethesda. Like, Microsoft will hand you a lot of money to come on over and say, you know what? We already have mods. We already have everything. Why don't you make the next, the next Elder Scrolls that everyone's dying for? Why don't you make that an Xbox exclusive? I'll tell you what's going to, I'll tell you the one thing that's going to happen. Xbox will finally have a game for the first time in this current generation that will sell a shit ton of systems. Yep. Exactly. They need that. They would they need, need that. Yeah. So Halo flopped. Yeah. They did not sell as many yeah. maybe systems that was, for Halo's Maybe, maybe that was Sony's game plan. Like, hey, we're going to give you Bethesda because you need the help. <laughs> Shut up, James. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Every episode. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I don't like this at all. I think I, as far as Bethesda coming out and just being being straightforward, I like that. And I think Sony, you know, in a week, in a week where Sony has, Sony has not had a good week, period. Their event was trash. Their their all their announcements were pretty much trash. Short okay, when you come and have an event that to uh, to talk about physical hardware, and the best thing about it was the uh, trailer we got to see for Horizon Zero Dawn. Even your audience gave the best the best applause to your video game trailer. You fucked up, and then you go and do this, and then right after. The rumor sparks sparks out that all these patches for HDR support might cost money, and Sony comes out and goes, "Oh nope, anything from Sony won't cost money." Wait a minute, what do you mean by that? Well, anything that Sony produ- that develops won't cost any money. We can't speak for third party. So what you're telling me is like if Shadows of Mordor releases an HDR patch, there's a possibility that you you're gonna to you're gonna it. let them you're gonna let them profit like if they want to I don't think it's going to happen but if they want to you're going to let them put it on the store Sony you still control that if you don't want anybody to make money off of HDR patches then just say that's a no that's a no zone you can't do that like they they have for a company that is in complete control of this generation this last week and a half has been a nightmare for them. I don't understand what they're doing. And this right here, back to the story that we're talking about right now, it makes no sense why you're going to try to anger a giant. Yeah. Okay? You sat there and you cradled Hello Games, and you still cradle Hello Games, and you're like, guys, don't be mean to No Man's Sky. Come on. You know, they're, they're good people. It's a good game. Like, no, it's not. And then you go and piss off the guys that have delivered time and time and time again to you. I don't get it. It's stupid by them, too, because nobody is going to place the blame on on the person that made it. They're going to place the blame on where they got it. Like, if Jay's got Jay's Mega Ultra trade stand, and it's the best trade stand around, and Jazzy poops in a bag and then puts it on Jay's trade stand for sale... If somebody buys that bag of poop and is like, this is the worst product ever, you think they're going to come after me? Hell no. no they're going to come after you. Exactly. And so I, the, the bottom line here is you're doing you're, you're, you're doing. Wait great. a second. Does the person know that you're the person that put the bag of feces there? Oh, it probably, like, I mean, essentially you could. Any any thing you you go into Target and they're going to have some sort of brand. First of all, like first of all, but he, he has a point, okay? We rip on... Star Wars Battlefront all the time. And who do we make fun of? Dice. 
See, we do because we know better. Right. But people attack EA left and right because it's EA's game. No, it's not. It's DICE's game. Yep. Now, is DICE pretty much owned by EA? Yes. Again, these are things that regular people don't understand. But when you put out a game and... You know, you throw the Konami tag, you throw the Capcom tag, Sega, I don't care who it is, that's who you attack because you it's right there on the front of your game. And you're like, oh, these sons of bitches, blah, blah, blah. When reality is, okay, well, why is this game bad? It could still be that publisher's fault or it could be a developer that just shit the bed, right? So my whole point here is that you had you let you let Bethesda come out and state that this was coming. To tell the world that it was going to be here, just like PC. And Xbox was getting it, but so are we. You let them, on the biggest stage of gaming news, you let them say that. And now, and now there seems to be an issue between you two. With no no coverage from Sony's side. Bethesda's coming out and shooting live rounds, and Sony's just sitting there like, um... How do we handle this? Like, I, I don't, like, there's nothing from Sony right now. So, when I'm sitting here as Button Master Caleb, just because we know him, and we know that he loves Fallout, he chose to buy it on PS4, and he chose to buy the season pass because, again, they told him the mods were coming. He is now bought into this however much money, and he's not getting mods. He now has to go over here and buy the game again on Xbox or PC and then potentially the season pass again just to get what he was promised over here. So that it's different when you say, hey, you're going to get this and then it never comes out and you're kind of like, man, that sucks. Like, here I am. I got fucked again by the gaming industry. No, this time people paid extra money because you said it was coming. Yeah. Like, Dumb. that's jacked up. Screw you, Activision. Fix your game, Destiny. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and for that part, I think, and for that part, I think, if Bethesda was even smarter, they should rectify this. If anybody on the PlayStation side platform had bought the season pass and they and and they were looking forward to the mods and they want a refund, I think you give them a refund. It means they don't get the future, you know, stuff. But I think you. Account by account, you build a special you know page on your website where they can enter the information and you and you research it. And if this person is you know wants a refund, give them a refund. Or if this person says they have an Xbox, be like, you know what? Hey, we'll give you what you need for free on the Xbox side. That's what Bethesda should do on on their side to just to to help out. Yeah, it does. It does seem pretty wrong to promise someone something like that, investing all that money as they even raise the price of their season pass. And then go, well, Sony won't let us do it. Like, what do you mean? Like, that should have been worked out. Yeah. And if that's really the case, if it, like, we need a little more explanation. From from one side or the other, I would like to know, what do you mean they said no? Or what do you mean, or, or what exactly do you mean they won't let us do it the way it should be? So what you're saying is just Sony's going to allow it, but they're not going to allow it exactly the way you want? So you're not going to do it? Like, it, you need to give us a little bit of explanation. Right. Because that is a little bit of a gray area right now. Yeah, maybe it's like, oh, we want to be able to open up to where you can do anything, and Sony's like, hey, we don't want you to be able to do, like, make it so that you can't do this and this on the Sony side, and then, and then we're game, and they're like, no, we're doing it the way we want it. Then you go r- run a press, and it's like, Sony wouldn't let us do anything, blah, blah, right. like, that's, So that, there's the, that yeah. is the other angle that you could see here, so... <sighs> I know, a lot of negative news today. A lot of negative news, so let's just keep it going. Mario is leaving Nintendo. Well, see ya. 
Is that because Nintendo's going down? No. <laughs> Shouldn't the captain go down with the ship? Right. Shouldn't yeah, he right? go down with I the mean, ship? I mean, talk about a he coward. Should be, he should be working on that plumbing, <laughs> yeah. trying to patch that That's leak right. in the ship. I'm He's just like pushing <laughs> women and children out of the way to get off the Titanic. Get out of like. my way, Peach. <laughs> I saved your ass too many times. I you am just now. kidding. I am just. We're, we're just kidding. We're just kidding. He's not leaving Nintendo, but he is going to be stepping away from Nintendo consoles and hopping on over to iOS and Apple. We are getting Super Mario Run this December on Apple products. Ooh. Yeah, so, I mean... Was it just last week that I said Nintendo should uh, team up with one of the big dogs, either Apple or Samsung, and put some of their stuff over there? Yeah, you're like a... That was the key to their success? You're like a genie. Yeah, I am. Our wishes come true. Analysts have already already come out and said that when this launches in December, Nintendo will have no problem reaching 1 billion downloads. So, one. How many iPhones are out there? I, I don't know, but yeah, there's got to be a close. I'm saying one in seven people in the entire world have an iOS device. I'm just. I, don't I guess know. that might I not be know. that big of a stretch. Yep. That's that's basically some some of the analysts are coming out saying saying this that this is going to be uh, it's going to set records. Now the, we saw some ga- we saw some gameplay at the Apple event, and you know it, it's a an auto run left to right, and you're just tapping the screen to jump and do different things. It looks cool. It they did the way they spoke about it. They did basically say you're going to buy this game. It is not going to be a free download. I think that's the right move. I think yeah. it's Mario. Yeah. Which means Nintendo's not going the route of your typical mobile games. They're not going to sit there and lace it with a bunch of ads and lace it with a bunch of microtransactions. There may be some options in there, but in the end, they just want to put a fun Mario game onto a device that has a, you know, has a, I don't even know what kind of footprint, one of the largest footprints in the world as far as how many phones are out there. And they said coming to iOS first, which means they are also going to be advancing over to Android uh, market as well. So I don't know how much they really could microtransaction in this game, aside from like maybe different levels or... Well, it could be one of those things where you only get so many plays a day or something like that, and you can buy more mushrooms to get more levels. You know, like yeah. they're, okay. they're, they they if If you've played Pokemon Shuffle... It's it would be you can do the same platform. You only get so many plays on Pokemon Shuffle a day, and that's a mobile that's a mobile game that came out on the DS first. And you could pay money to play more than three turns a day or whatever. Well, then it's smart that they wouldn't do that because those are the games that I that I Ethan where I play for like three days and I'm like I ain't waiting another day for this. This is dumb, and then I just delete it. Yeah, so I'm excited. I think this is a it's a good move for Nintendo. They're gonna you'll see their their stock and everything jump back up. And uh, this is actually the ninth game of Mario that was on a non-Nintendo platform. You would not be able to name any of the other ones, I believe. You might be able to get one because they are so obscure, but but it is the ninth time. Super Mario Hotel on the CDI. Nice! That is one. Mario Teaches Typing on the PC. That's another one. Um, I can. I bet I can do more. I bet I could get at least one more. <laughs> Let me keep thinking. Yeah, well, we'll go on with the show, and then you just chime in. <laughs> One's real easy. It's Donkey Kong for the Atari. Okay, yeah. Yep, uh, and then we'll we'll just we'll go through these real quick. Super Mario Bros. and Friends, When I Grow Up, uh, MS-DOS. Okay. No idea. Uh, you already said uh, Mario Bros. Special, which was a Hudson Soft game. 
And then you said Mario teaches typing. You already got that one. Punchball Mario, which was on the Sharp X1 by Hudson Soft. Looks like Hudson Soft had a good deal with Nintendo for a while. Yeah. Hotel Mario, you named. Then we had Super Mario Bros. Special, which is another Sharp X1 by Hudson Soft. And I think that is it. And then, of course, Super Mario Run. Well, I got two out of the seven. And yeah, those a- other ones were super obscure. Oh yeah, yeah. That's why I was like, I'm not, I, I'm not even gonna have you guys guess. But I was impressed. You, you, you nailed a couple. I'm assuming you played those. No, no, no. I can't read or write, so I never played Mario Teaches <laughs> Typing. I knew people that had it back in the day. And uh, Super Mario Hotel was on. When's your CD- birthday? <laughs> October twenty eighth. Okay, it's coming up. Present idea. <laughs> Mario Teaches <laughs> Typing. A full stream of it. Oh God. Um, and uh, I've just, I've done some, I like learning about like obscure video game systems and like the CDI or whatever it is, is one of those. So um, learn a little bit about, you know, Mario Hotel and those awful Legend of Zelda games that were on there and, and things like that. I just, it's, I'm, I'm interested in that kind of stuff. Just like bad movies, he likes bad video games too. Absolutely. Well. Shout out to Jaws Unleashed. <laughs> Dear God. All right, so that's pretty cool. Uh, with, we, with Mario traveling to uh, you know new destinations, we also have something pretty cool happening. Interplay has announced it is selling its library of video game assets and intellectual properties. Interplay, you ask, well, what do they own? And, you know, one of my all-time favorite games, Earthworm Jim. Someone's going to buy this, oh, and we're yeah. getting a new Earthworm Jim. That's Absolutely. what's happening. Absolutely. I hope it's, uh, I hope it, the visuals would be maybe like Rayman or something like that. Yeah, like exactly. A, a clean, but still cartoony visual. Yeah. I, um, I'm also curious, we, we, I haven't done the research yet. I'm more curious as to what some of these IPs maybe cost. Like, do they have a price point for Earthworm Jim? Is it something that like we could pool our money together and buy it and own Earthworm Jim? <laughs> I don't think we can. <laughs> Come on, Does guys. Interplay- we're Motor City Gaming. Ballers. Did uh did, does are the does Interplay own uh, Clay Fighters? Oh, it does. Yeah, <laughs> bring it back. That's right. So the ones that they ramble off, the the ones that people would would recognize the most are Earthworm Jim, Free Space, Clay Fighter, Descent. I forgot all about Descent, and then Battle Chess. Uh, yeah. But in total, the Battle sale... Battle should be a mobile game. I'd, yeah. I'd play that on a tablet. So they're all up for sale, but in total, the sale represents 70 titles and dozens of game characters. So Interplay is is cashing out, and I... Um, if Microsoft was smart, they'd be poning up the money for almost all of them. Yeah, right? Uh, Interplay has been quiet in recent years, functioning more as a licensing house than a developer. So the sale comes as no surprise. Interplay also sold the Fallout franchise to Bethesda back in 2007, in case you didn't know that. So, Man. Yeah. But... They probably balling. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna. They're gonna. I'm excited. I, I want to see who picks up Earthworm Jim because that that one means that one hits home for me. So, who who would you like to see it land with? Is there anyone? Uh, I mean, know, you bring up you, you bring a studio off the top of your head. I think, like a game. No, like I instantly. I already know. I think yeah. because you brought it up. I think Ubisoft gets it and they hand it to the Rayman Legends developer, which might have been Ubisoft Montreal or something. I yeah. believe whoever that was, they handled that game. Give them this game and let them go with it because I, I, I think it's a slam dunk at that point. Um, 
I, I don't even, I wouldn't even give it to anybody else. Like I think that's that's where it belongs. Anybody except for Hello Games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please. Poor Hello Games. All right. Next week, we have the Tokyo Game Show coming up. It's pretty much our our last big convention for gaming uh, before you know before the holidays really hit and and things just kind of turn into buy 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 sell sell sell. That's yeah, it. Make money. <laughs> make money. So uh, Tokyo Game Show is the September fifteenth through the eighteenth. So it's actually I'm sorry, it's this week, and um, we have confirmed that Sony has a press conference on the 15th. Make sure. Nope, yep. the 13th. Uh, thir- yep, 13th. So today. Oops. So if you're listening to this, it already happened. Two days before the show starts. September 13th, uh, our time, which is you know, Eastern time, is 8 a.m. So, because they're doing it at, whatever, 4 p.m. Japan or whatever. Whatever, but um, the show's from the 15th through the 18th, and you're going to see companies like Sony, Capcom, Bandai, Namco, and many more. Uh, This show typically has been the place where you've seen a lot of DLC announcements, a lot of indie. There's there's a big indie uh, following here at Tokyo Game Show, so... Previous years, we've seen some pretty cool things come out of here, but the expectations from, let's say, Sony is we're, we're looking at seeing The Last Guardian, which just got a delay, so uh, that's kind of like a, yeah, yeah, great, show me more, but I have to wait longer. Horizon Zero Dawn is going to be focused big time. Uh, they, they need to ride that bad boy all the way to launch day because every time that hits the screen, people stop and pay attention. They've, they've done a great job with that game. Even if it comes out and isn't good, write it until February because people care right now. But we're also probably going to see a lot about PlayStation VR because it's basically their last show a month before their VR launches. So they really want to push this product and show people why you want to go get a PlayStation VR. Uh, it... Like last year, we saw Gravity Rush 2 get announced. We saw some DLC for Assassin's Creed and Bloodborne and, you know, things like that. So this year, a lot of people are predicting Kingdom Hearts. We haven't heard a whole lot about Kingdom Hearts. It would be a good spot for Kingdom Hearts 3 to at least get some news about it. But, um... And some people are talking about Red Dead Redemption, uh, Red Dead Redemption having a, uh announcement for a new game. I don't know if that's going to happen, but it would be if they did it, and especially if Sony came out and said it was an exclusive, a lot of people would get happy with Like, a lot of people would forget about Sony's last week and a half. Let's just put it that way. This would be a good way for Sony to get back on track. But um, it'll be interesting to see. We'll keep you updated on our social media, so you can just follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, any of those places. We're going to be posting all of the news as it hits during the uh, convention. Now, I, I heard you list some of the companies that were going to be there, it seemed like one was missing. So, yeah. Um, what about Nintendo? Why, why are they not listed why, to be there? Why wouldn't they be there? Nintendo has traditionally not attended the Tokyo Game Show uh, in the past and has, no annou- has not announced plans to have a presence this year. The company does, however, have the NX plan for release uh, in March of next year, just in case you guys thought maybe it was 2018. No, it's, it's, it's in six months. 
Despite Nintendo having said very little beyond acknowledging that console exists, Nintendo did also just make an appearance at Apple iPhone 7's press conference that no one knew about. So, could it be a weird little trickery here? And could Nintendo really keep it hush-hush that they weren't going to somehow show up at this show? I, I don't... I don't think they'll be there. Here's the thing. This was your prediction. You said this was the uh, show they were going to come. Since since they announced they weren't saying an E3, I had been saying Tokyo Game Show, Tokyo Game Show, Tokyo Game Show. I was saying that that's where it's going to be. That way they'll, you know, it's it's a lesser lesser show a little bit. I mean, it's it's E3, you know, Tokyo Game Show is usually B, you know, if E3 is the A show, this is the B for the year. It's the other side of the world's yeah. show, you know? Yeah, yeah it's, absolutely. It's a big deal. Um, and it's my personal opinion that Nintendo should announce this on a stage with the crowd to build excitement, to get the, that applause, to get those claps, to get the oohs and ahs that they've gotten before with releasing other systems. If you just release a Nintendo Direct, it's not going to have the same feel. Yeah, I want to hear people cheer for this revolutionary system that Nintendo's supposed to be coming out with. I want to hear excitement, and th- I want to hear the voices of other people showing that excitement. I don't just want a video announcement of what it is. And I think yeah. Nintendo's making a mistake if they don't show it here. I 100% agree. Nintendo needs to be there, and they need to talk about this system. This is their last chance to have this type of platform So, uh, before the system is supposed to come out. But games that we can't expect to talk about here uh, next week would be they're going to be we should be seeing Dark Souls 3's first major DLC. We should be seeing Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2, uh, games from Capcom like the new Monster Hunter stories. Uh, there's a lot of talk that Square Enix is bringing a all new action game to this show, with no name yet, as well as Final Fantasy 15 information. And when the show kicks off in Japan, you will also be the same day that Persona 5 comes out in Japan. So that is huge over there. Uh, we, we get it, unfortunately, a little bit later, but we should be seeing some really cool footage of that game since it will be publicly you know, released during the show. So, But uh, you know, we'll keep you all up to date on everything going on in Tokyo Game Show as it uh, unfolds. All right, last bit of news is PlayStation 4 4.0 software update release date revealed, and that date is today. If you're listening to this and you own a PS4, you can go turn it on and start your download where you're going to get a a, a new updated interface, folders where you're going to be able to actually structure things out in folders, and, of course, it does include the HDR compatibility for all PS4s that we heard about at their event last week. So they also included it into the update. So, um, that's exciting. Uh, they're, they're, they're also adding a music section to the quick menu and a few, you know other minor UI tweaks. So nothing crazy, but... 1080p streaming, live broadcasting on YouTube and Twitch, you know, things like that, uh, where they're upgrading things that already exist, but just making them a little bit better. So, what do you guys think? Are you excited for the update? Nope. Do you have an HDR TV? Nope. I have a TV that might have a leaky backlight. Are you getting a PS4 Pro? Nope. No. Zero zero percent chance. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I'm excited to make folders. <laughs> That's my most exciting thing yeah. about this. To I be able to, to be able to clean up my damn like. Yeah. I don't need the PlayStation View icon on my like main dashboard. Thank I don't you. have it. It doesn't need to be there. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like the 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 interface that we've dealt with PS4 since day one is is it better than PS3? Sure, but like, did it leave a lot? Like, I could make folders on my Vita for God's sakes, guys. On your PlayStation TV, you can make folders, not on your PS4. Yeah. Thank you for finally giving me something that you allowed. How many years ago? On a handheld device? So, yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for annoying somebody with OCD for so long that when you give them folders, they have a whole shitload of work to do now when they get the update. Yeah, you're excited. A little, because I'm <laughs> fucked up. Because <but laughs> you're fucked Tend up. Time to organize. That's right. That's right. Uh, okay. One other thing I wanted to cover that uh, I didn't put in the doc because I wanted to surprise you guys. Let's see here. Boop. And that is... Dawn of the Devs. Have you heard of this? Um, no. All right. So we just talked about how Kickstarter is, uh, you know, is a having. Str- we're gonna have struggles because of the big boys messing things up. But it looks like somebody has come out and been having some success. Dawn of the Devs is a new game seeking Kickstarter funding, and it offers players the chance to control parodies of famous game developers on a quest to save the world of gaming. It includes Kojima, Newell, Miyamoto, Infune, things people like that that are created into 8-bit characters, um, and... <laughs> There, uh, it's a Kickstarter campaign that's live right now. You can search for Dawn of the Devs. They're uh, aim, which has a sixty-five thousand dollar goal. So Reasonable. small, very small. Yep. And um, oh, and and Cliffy B's on there too. I forgot about Cliffy B. Tim Schafer's on there too. So I, uh, I'm super pumped about this. It looks really cool. It's a two D puzzle platformer, and it throws uh throws parody game developers into a, a wicked world of gaming. A once peaceful world now taken over by the chief evil overlord or CEO who has brought every negative aspect of game industry to life. The characters themselves are game developers who will travel throughout the world's various lands, including the council and computer church and the game yard, which are each meant to represent a different facet of game development. So yeah, looks pretty cool. So when you play the Infune character, like when you make your move, it's like, come back three months from now to see what happened. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> to they, make a menu. <laughs> yeah, they may very well may very well go that route. So um and then last quick little tidbit, just because we like to we're we're having fun stabbing PlayStation because we don't get to do it that often. <sighs> Xbox One, top selling system for the month of August. That's two months in a row that Xbox has outsold the PlayStation. Yeah. Are we seeing a trend? Have you ever looked up what the Xbox One sales figures are in Japan? God no. It's abysmal. It doesn't exist. Like a like a couple weeks ago, they moved like 120 units. First of in all, in an entire country. First of all, that's impressive because you can't even get the numbers in the U.S. because they don't pike them public anymore yeah. because they got all butthurt how bad Sony was beating their ass. Nonetheless, two months in a row. The uh, obviously August was the launch for the new slim model of the Xbox, which helped them. And uh, moving forward, Xbox is taking taking the punches to Sony and saying on Twitter, on 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 our on social media, where they're like, "4K Blu-rays, check. 
HDR, check. Basically, making fun of Sony publicly right right out there on social media, they uh, they feel maybe there's a little momentum shift and they're going to run with it. So I, I still can't believe that the Pro is not going to be 4K Blu-ray compatible. It's not. I don't know if they can patch it in later with some software, but that's that seems like an egregious oversight. Yeah, from from the, the everything that we've heard, it actually is a drive. So I don't even think they can correct this with the firmware, which I thought maybe they could because it's still a Blu-ray, but it looks like it actually needs a different optical device. Oh, this is their way they can, you know, six months down the road, be like, you could buy a PS4 Pro Plus. But. <laughs> Bottom line, Ultra I, Pro. Yeah, bottom line, I, I don't like to. I don't like to bring up other shows necessarily, unless they're paying me money, I guess. But kind of funny, nailed this on their last show, Colin, Colin and Greg on their PlayStation show. Okay, ripped Sony a new asshole, and basically just said, "What the fuck are you doing?" And I, I hundred percent agree with these guys. There is no the there is no reason to have a PS4 Pro. It doesn't need to exist. You're already dominating this generation. You could have came out next year when they're going to announce Scorpio, and you could have said, "Oh, that's cute." Uh, next, the you know, 2018. Here's here's PlayStation Five. Done. Ride out one year where the Scorpio has more power than you, and then drop PlayStation Five. Look at the and, and if you look at the release windows, if you look at the the lifespan of systems, right? We're in what year? Are we in year three? I think we're in year three, three. of PS4. 2000. Okay. Uh, Average lifespan of a system is five. The only reason, the, and this again, this is coming from Colin who who referenced this, and then I went and looked it up. It's true. The PlayStation 3 era was longer because of the economy crash that they prolonged. He, he believes, and it makes sense, if you look at the life of the PS2, you look at the life of a lot of these systems, the Xbox, all this, it, it falls around that five-year mark. You don't need the the PS4 Pro. Isn't necessary in the in the in a world where you've doubled up somebody as far as systems sold. You're dominating. You have plenty of exclusives coming down the line. That's still going to push your system. It makes no sense. And you know, as far as like I said in on our blog, you can go read that PlayStation missed the mark. Is is the, is the blog? I I made the point that if you don't own a PS4 today. And you walked into a store for a three hundred dollar or a four hundred dollar system, is there value there? Yes. But the problem is you've already saturated your market. You have forty million users. Like, I, like yes, you will get new users, but in the end, the forty million that you had was kind of what you were pushing. Everybody, like, how many people watched that event that already had a PS4 because they're a Sony fan? They're like, oh man, here it is. The next thing I'm going to get from Sony. And then you just like handed a pile of shit to me. And I was like, I don't want that. It was it was the first time in a long time that I looked at Sony. I go, I don't want that. I was super pumped. Like, had my money saved, I'm going to buy a Pro. And then when the conference was over, I was like, well, shit, maybe I'll buy the Slim. And then correct me if I'm wrong, because I haven't done my research on this. But the Slim doesn't come with an optical port. Correct. They dropped the optical port. Which means I can't play... Games? No, 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 with no, my no, headset. no, 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 no. Optical. Oh, with your headset. Yeah. The optical like, audio. Your your headset goes to an optical audio. The Astros feed optical. I mean, that's probably why they sound so good. That makes sense. But I didn't know that. That's a big oversight. Then. That's huge. I didn't realize. So that now your I can't even buy that. Turn off optical. 
<laughs> so now I can't even use my Astros on the slim. Because the whole time you were complaining about the uh, optical, I went, man, how many people really use optical? I shrugged that off. I really did. I had no idea that your Astros ran off optical. That's a big oversight. A40s, A50s all run optical. Now, can you run Astros via USB? Uh, I think there, I think it does work, but again, uh, if I you're not you getting you why, optic. right? Why would you? Right? Optic I paid great. I paid top dollar for these headsets to use them the way in the best form I could possibly use them. Yeah, so you're you're 100 right. The slim, I would if my if my PS4 broke today and the Pro was out already, I would buy a Pro just for the fact that it has an optical, optical port. port. Yeah. <laughs> The rest of the stuff Do doesn't really matter to me. Do you use all the other great stuff that the Pro gives you? Nope, just the optical port. Yeah, but anyways, we're get we're getting into a whole other section. If you wanna if you wanna hear our thoughts about the PlayStation event and and the news about the PlayStation, Brick Bitch and I had a special podcast. It's only a half hour long. You can check it right out. It's a game. It's right on the Gamezilla site. So MotorCityGaming.com iTunes wherever wherever you you listen to us regularly, that show is there. You can check it out. It wasn't good. And I'm super bummed because I was super hyped. And now I'm more hyped for the Scorpio. I know we're a ways away, but I want to know what the Scorpio is because this was a letdown to me. I just want to say, too, during that conference, Sony's always had, like, that that keynote speaker that goes up and just sounds so professional. And then they put out (laughs) – they send out the guy who's, like, designed the system, and he was talking like this and – Here's the <laughs> bottom line. That whole event felt like they 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 were supposed to have a hype video in the beginning of that, and it and something happened where they couldn't play it. There was even cues. There was even audio cues where it yep. felt like you were gonna get that normal PlayStation hype video, get the crowd pumped, right? And it didn't happen. And from that point, everything was off. You had times where someone's on stage talking, you couldn't hear them, and you heard the people on the soundboards going, "Their mics turned off. What? Their mics turned off. What?" Oh, their 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 mic is not on. <laughs> and then you see someone run out on the stage and hand them a hand like a, a handheld mic. And it's like you're you're Sony, your PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, you're... You knew this day was coming. It's not like you got thrown on the spot to yeah. talk. How how was it that in shambles? And it just at that point it felt like everybody was off at uh, that point. A technological mega giant. It was yeah. That it was... has blown in my opinion blown away E threes. And then you can't even hold your own press conference. Yeah. Oh, we have a new video game system. Oh, yeah. we really like you to buy it, please. Yeah, and, and the problem with the event was that they they went they tried to talk so much about it, about what it does, mm-hmm. that it made you feel like maybe they didn't even know what it does, and so like the, it it just it kind of spiraled into this like they would pause for applause and get nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yep. oh, it was, this is where you're supposed to clap, please. <laughs> yeah, it was Developers are going to love this. And then, like, they pan over to a developer, and he's like, yeah, this is great. Yeah. Let alone nobody <laughs> could actually f- say your prop- your new product's name. Everybody was tripping over PS4 Pro. And it, I, I just, I, I don't know. Nonetheless, check out check out our special episode about it. It was a nightmare. I hope they, I hope they come out September 13th. 8 a.m. That's today. So if you missed it, you probably can go check out what happened. Hopefully they come out and just, you know, right the ship a little bit. But that's been the news. You can, uh, that's been the attack on the news for these topics and much more. Visit our Facebook page, Motor City Gaming. Let's get into some emails. 
Retrieving emails from Alright, unlock the is now up to date. I fucking love it so much. That's two weeks in a row. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, guys, that echo scared a fart out of me. I apologize. I was like, whoa, when it started, because I I don't know. Scared of fart out of me. I'm sorry. Two weeks in a row, we either blame our producer or or the AI is really multiplying and we should be right. worried. It's yep. one or the other. Or cool. shit's haunted. Clearly. Head on over to the forum and let us know. Is it is it our producer sucks or Skynet? Let us know what you think it is. It's a solid 50-50. On the MotorCityGaming.com <laughs> forum. Our producer is Skynet. <laughs> All right, so uh, e- email section where you can send in your questions to info at MotorCityGaming.com. We will give you a shout-out and read your question and give you an answer. So let's get started with Phantom Joe. His question is, is there a good tactics game like Vandal Hearts or Final Fantasy Tactics that you can recommend? It can be new or old. Uh, Vandal Hearts or Final Fantasy Tactics? Pokemon Conquest on the original DS, I think, was supposed to be pretty good. <laughs> no, I, I really like uh, Advanced Wars. Oh, Advanced Wars is so good. So good. Uh, that would be on your handhelds. Uh, D- DS, Game Boy Advance. Yes. Yeah. But um, those, that's that's what I always think about. Uh, there is another Vandal Hearts, so if you've only played the first one, there is Vandal Hearts 2 on the PlayStation 1. That um, if you're, I know, I think Phantom Joe is a pretty big fan of Vandal Hearts. So you might want to check that out. And something on the new side. What's uh what's that uh the Marth and Ike and uh Oh, Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem. Maybe I, just fire something. Being a, being a PlayStation owner that he is, I would go, tell him to go check out Lumo, L U M O. It's uh developed by Rising Star. Only costs $20 and it is a interesting survival tactics style game. So it's very, very interesting. Looks very cool, and uh, it's not a fortune. And you can play it on the system that you have. So there's a there's a new one for you too. But um, thanks for the question, Phantom Joe. Next up, we got Sci-Fi AJ, and he says, "Happy birthday, AJ! Thanks, dude. What is the scariest game you've played or scariest movie you've watched? Shout out Blair Witch dropping this weekend. Oh, jeez." Blair Witch ended up. Yeah, Sci-Fi is coming in town, and we're all going to see Blair Witch with him. We are, we are. I'm excited. Don't um, be excited. My be excited he's coming town. Don't yeah. be excited for Blair Witch. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited for as big of a train wreck as it could be. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. Um, my answer to this is probably, man, Resident Evil Four. And the only reason I say four is, I mean, we all know it's a great game, but I will never forget. I was like, the game was gorgeous at the time, right? I was like, man, this is such a good-looking game. And I'm looking at this house, and this this guy comes out of the house, and looks like he has a bag on his head. He pulls a chainsaw. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get ready here. And then he just sprints at me. And again, I'm not. there's never been a game like this where the AI has acted like this. He jumps the fence, comes in, and just runs his chainsaw right into me, and I'm dead. And I'm like... 
<laughs> I remember when it was all happening. I was like, oh, 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 <laughs> like I I couldn't believe it. I like couldn't react in time. I was like, oh my god, like this dude just wrecked me. And so the rest of the game, I'm like going around every corner, like, oh fuck, oh shit, and like it. And I'll never forget. I get inside that house and I'm walking down the hallway and I'm like, what's gonna happen next? What's gonna happen next? And this guy just kind of pops out and I'm like, all right. And his head splits open, and there's, like, this, like, flower-looking, like, acid-spitting mouth, like, staring at me. Super, again, just a game that, like, I'd never seen anything like it, so it just was amazing. Super creepy. Loved that game. And then the second one, I'd have to say, is Internal Darkness. That game, you never, every time you went through a door, you didn't know what was going to happen. I actually went up and hit my TV sometimes when I first started playing that game, thinking there was something wrong with my TV, but it was actually the game playing a trick on me. <laughs> it started, you know, like it started like getting staticky and shit. I mean, like, what the hell? You know, like it was old tube TVs back at that time. So I'm like walking up, I'm hitting the TV, and then I like, I'm like, man, my TV's jacked up, and I'm like, why does the static look different though? And then I walk out of the room and it go away. What? And then, like, another time, there'd be, like, flies walking across my screen. And I'd go to, like... Get the fly off? Get the fly off and realize it's in the game. And I'm like, oh, my God. So as you play this game more and more and more, you become more insane. And it it just becomes a creepy, scary trip. So check out Eternal Darkness on the GameCube. What about you, uh, Ebone? I don't know if I've ever played a game that I actually thought was all that spooky. Because I don't play a lot of survival What about like a games. scene? Is there like a scene that like, like shocked you? Or about a movie. Like a I, movie. Yeah, there's a movie too. Because another game I give you is Doom 3 on the original Xbox. Oh, I remember you talking about in that. In the first like first minute of the game, you're just it's like you're just learning how to move your character. And so you're just walking down the steps and there's like this tube that you can see down. And it's like you walk up to it. And right when you walk up to it, a creature just and just jumps out at you. You fall to the ground, and I'm like, I remember that one scared the shit out of me. The rest of the game was eh, but I remember that point. It'll stick with me forever. What about movie? Okay, movie wise, it's it's actually really really strange because you and I went back and rewatched this really early in our friendship. Um, I I saw it in the theaters. It was the Amityville Horror remake. It's not very good, but some of the imagery in that movie gave me nightmares. Specifically, the little girl with the bullet hole in her head, and when she grabs the babysitter's finger and puts it into oh, her own head, yeah. and then the, like at the end of the movie, the girl gets sucked through the floor, and then there's the the scene. I it's still I still get weird in bathrooms at late at night when like you look in the mirror and there's that bloody corpse, just like the classic horror movie mirror shot. Like those three particular scenes still sort of resonate in my subconscious like when I'm sleeping and give me really crazy I've had some crazy nightmares about that little girl and I think it's because that was the first movie I ever saw that actually scared me um, I would actually also recently uh, was it Shudder yeah with the one with uh, they've, all those home movies in the attic that uh, that uh, Ethan was it Ethan Hawke was in the movie and you know he moves into this house with all these movies, these home movies of people getting murdered in the house. Every time the scene went to night, my heart would start racing. And I know the end of that movie was super lame, uh, but as far as a movie that really made me uncomfortable, that one, that one more recently. I mean, more recently that was four years ago now, but 
My movie would be The Ring. Oh, The Ring was. I got a story but, about The Ring too. Yeah. The Ring, The Ring, The Ring was just just because it's a creepy movie. I'll never forget the closet scene when, like, they find the daughter in the yes, closet. Yes, that is yep. the scariest scene in that movie. <laughs> yeah. and they, oh, oh, that is the God. only scary scene in that it movie. Is. But it is like, it is. I know when that happened, I was just like, <laughs> like I, felt, I felt the life come out of my body. Because yeah. I'm the jumpiest person. I'm so jumpy. Yeah. And when that happened, I was just, <laughs> you know, yeah. why was that in the movie? And then, of course, I, uh, I went and saw that when... I, you know, I was still living at home at the time, and they were my parents were in Florida on vacation. So like, I came home to a empty house, and I left zero lights on for me, and I left my TV on. <laughs> yep, yep. A tube TV <laughs> that when there's nothing on it, it's white static. Bad, yeah, bad news. So I opened the door to that, and I closed the door. Called my friend and said, "Did you walk down to Doug's house?" N- uh, no, I called. Uh, I called my buddy Bill up. I said he went and saw the movie with me. Yeah. I said, "Hey, you want to come spend the night?" <laughs> because I, yeah, I was like, "Yeah, there's no way. There's no way I'm staying in this house by myself tonight." As, as sci-fi AJ knows, because I've told him this, I, I have, I. In in my life, been a very big fan of horror movies. I have had to stop watching movies about hauntings, like that kind of stuff, because the vividness of the nightmares. I have, I have sleep paralysis sometimes. Um, the vividness of the nightmares, honestly, when I encounter something that's haunting related, um, I have such trouble sleeping out of fear of these nightmares, I'll lose about two weeks worth of sleep. Yeah. If someone tells me a story about some sort of like paranormal endeavor that they've, they've witnessed in life, it, it honestly will keep me up for weeks. So I, I have to now stay away from that. I stick to mostly like zombies and slashers now. Yeah. I don't know if you should have publicly said that on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> now you're screwed. What are people going to do? Tell you stories about paranormal activity. I'll have to listen. Like, hey, look, this is a wrestling video, and then you hit play, and then it's all over from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. See, I just <laughs> added to the ammunition there. Oh, Jazzy, what's your answer here? Um, For me, gaming-wise, uh, man, most... I have a very good, like, sense of, like, reality versus, you know, the, the fiction of it. So you so, think. So I, you don't so have, I think. Because you, you don't have sleep paralysis. Right. Yeah. Because the two sleep, are the same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, gaming-wise, it's more like jumpy games for me. So, the most recent I can remember is Until Dawn. So many things jump out at you at that game, and I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, you know, and it's like jump out of your chair. Oh, yeah, that game's I think creepy was one, as hell. There was one time you were watching me play it, and I remember you're sitting in a <laughs> yeah, chair next this. to me, and the I have my headphones on so you can't even hear what's going on you're just <laughs> no. watching it and I'm walking down the hall and I freak out and I grab the arm of your chair and you're like what the hell you're just walking down the hall it's like dude the the uh, grandfather clock just went off it freaked me out <laughs> yeah that part was good but the best part about that game was you're wearing your headset couldn't hear the game you're playing it you open up a damn like underneath the sink and uh, like yeah, a raccoon, a raccoon jumped out. out and you jumped and you jumped so bad that I jumped <laughs> oh, and I was man. like <laughs> I was, was like, scary. "What the fuck?" Yeah. So yeah, as uh, far as that's a good one. That's as a good far game. As movies go. I hate the movies that like there. Yeah, there's creepy. Like all the ones that you said, I have had some sort of effect to me. But I hate the ones that I, in my mind, believe can physically happen yes, tomorrow. Yes, yes. So like, everybody makes fun of me, but the the scariest movie I've ever seen for the time was Science Space Jam. 
for sure. No, it was science. <laughs> because I, 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 I watched that movie, and then at the end of it, I'm like, that shit could happen. They could come down and tactically, like, send, you know, reconnaissance teams to come down and check out things and then send the big alien space invasion, and then we're t- taken over. And it's just like, then I, like, freak myself out, like, oh, shit, this, this is happening. This could happen tomorrow. Yeah, see, I always think about the movies that, like, when you're not, you're, like, you've gone off to, like, some, you know, a, a different area that you're not normally in, right? Or like, okay, I'm going on this road trip. Right. And I took the wrong turn. Yep. And now I'm at this creepy ass gas station in Canada, you know, that when you walk inside it feels like you just traveled twenty years back in time because they're selling PSPs out of a, out of a out of a little game machine and I go, We're not leaving this gas station ever. <laughs> We're gonna die one by one. It's the next movie like that. I I always get that in my head where it's like like I just watched Green Room right, where it was like about a band that you know picks up this gig, it falls through, so they get this backup gig, and they end up at like a Nazi bar, and end up witnessing a murder. It's not even a horror, right? But because of it, like it just everything goes south, and it's like that could happen if we just take the wrong turn. Yep. So like every time we end up somewhere I'm slightly uncomfortable, I go. <sighs> Oh, shit. (laughs) A close second for me, if not tied for first, is The Hills Have Eyes. I will not go into the desert. I, you'll never find me in the desert but that's, anywhere. He just doesn't want to get butt raped by a mutant. That's fair. It doesn't matter. That's super fair. Because uh, those people are there. You know those people are there. They did all those bomb testings in the desert. You know those people are there. But that's another That's another one where it's like you take the wrong turn and some, or your yeah. car breaks down on a, on, a tr- on a road trip and you just start thinking about movies like that where you're like, oh, damn. The first person that stops to help you, you're like, are you really going to help me or are you just going to like murder me? <laughs> when when I worked at the radio station, it was pretty much a mobile home in like a cornfield. See, no. And I had to leave. First off, I think that place was haunted. <laughs> like like I I'd, I'd go into the kitchen that we had and the stove would be on after everyone left 2 hours ago and everyone's like we didn't use the stove today. Like, "Oh, I'm sure the ghosts are trying to kill me now." Um, you know, I'd smell gas, you know, cr- it doesn't matter. But I have to walk out into a dark cornfield in the you know at seven o'clock at night in the winter. It's super dark. I was like, "This is it. One day I'm gonna step <laughs> out. I'm gonna step out, and a hillbilly is going to hit me over the head with a shovel and butt rape me here." Like I was so afraid of being butt raped by a hillbilly outside this radio station. You're gonna step out and like the children of the corn, like glowing eyes, like no, all standing at the edge of the cornfield. Not the children field. of the corn, but you ever walk outside and just see eight deer turn and look at you and go, oh no, <laughs> the deer, yep. they look so docile yeah, when you're in the car. But, you. And then they, they turn and I'm like, oh, this is it. I'm going to get killed by deer. And recently a deer was following my wife and I on a walk. I was like, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. She goes, it's a deer. What's it going to do? I go, it could be trying to protect its young. And if I need to get kicked in the dick by a deer because you're not taking this seriously, we're the problem. So she doesn't even understand. I've been scarred by these deer. That also, the deer are soulless assholes that you do not fuck with. Yeah. They'll charge through your car window and kill you. <laughs> They're evil. Pure evil. Anyway. But quickly, my ring story, all right? Okay. So I'm watching Taking this. way too much time yeah, on I'm, I'm sorry. I'm watching this late at night, and my aunt's over, and my aunt and my mom have this thing where when they leave and they get back home, they ring the phone and let it ring once and then hang up. So that we, you know, that they got home all right. Okay. So my aunt leaves. I'm watching the ring, 
And at the end of that movie, the screen goes fuzzy just to fuck with you. Well, that is the exact same fucking time that my aunt calls to tell tell my mom that she's home. I went and woke my mom up. I almost shit my pants. I was like, <laughs> no, uh-uh. The screen went fuzzy, and then the phone just rang. I'm going to die. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I the, the ring, you'll mess with the ring. You'll mess with the ring. That got out of hand. Okay, moving on. Yep. All right, so next question. Thanks for the question, Sci-Fi AJ. Next up, we have God of Games, AJ. He says, I'm excited to play Record tomorrow. tomorrow. Is anybody else? Absolutely. That's because I've already played Record, and I can tell you, you will not be disappointed. I'm going to spend one sec- a few seconds here to talk about Record. It's been getting some rough reviews by the critics so far. It's holding about a 6.5 out of 10. Fun game. Decent mechanics. But grindy is what we keep hearing. We keep hearing the open world aspect is lackluster. Things like that. So I have a problem with a lot of these reviews because they're the same reasons they praised Metroid Prime and they praised these other open world games are, the, are kind of the reasons they're knocking this game. And it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I've put eight hours into this game. I started off, obviously, with the linear story. It opens up into the open world. I've played the open world. And yes, it's grindy, but that's the style of game. It's just like Assassin's Creed. Run around and do all these extra things if you want, you know, or push the story. Like, So I don't necessarily understand where people are just wanting to attack this game so negatively. I really enjoy this game. I'm a fan of the new character. I'm a fan of 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 the core bots, the dog and the spider and and the gorilla that you see, you know, her use her her little buddies. The game's a lot of fun. The 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 shooting mechanics are so good. It's just like things pop out of the ground and you just can't wait to start shooting. It it's it, it's just fun. It's not super difficult. It's not too easy. It's just balanced. Now, are there problems with the game? Yes. There's like no GPS slash waypoints in this game, and it's an open world game. So you get to that point where it's like, I need to get find you know this, this, and this, and it's kind of like, cool, well, good luck. So that's the point where it's like, okay, this grindiness can be a little annoying because I can't, you know, give myself a waypoint and work my way towards that area. Like every open world I've ever played had a system. This doesn't and the weird thing is when you're in the linear point in the beginning you get green diamonds of, of objects that you should probably head towards and so you do and then that kind of like okay it's not the greatest GPS system in the game but at least we have something and then when you get to the open world that's gone so I'm kind of like uh now I, this was you know I played the game early access so there is patchwork coming out day one could it change maybe but the, my experience, that was my one negative that I would put towards this game. I definitely wouldn't give it a 6.5 out of 10. I'd give it more like 7.5, 8 out of 10. I really like it. I think people are going to enjoy it. And let's not forget, this game costs thirty nine ninety nine at launch. It's a go- it's gorgeous. It's You're going to put 14 to 18 hours into the game. It's not short. For 40 bucks. there's value there. Check out ReCore. I'm super pumped to play it. Thanks for the question. Got a games, AJ. All right. Test is up. I don't. What's up, Motor City Gaming? It's your resident doctor of testonomics, Jasty McNasty, PhD. 
Today, my question is about the Legend of Zelda franchise. The cast of characters is vast and memorable, and you always wonder what they will come up with next. In Majora's Mask, you could gain some dynamic abilities by putting on the mask of familiar species from the series past and present. If you could pick two video game characters to have their mask added into the game for Link to put on and harness their power, who would it be? I bet Jazzy is wearing a cool hat, but E-Boner Caponer has a better beard. How you doing? Game on. Also, since it was since it was missing from the Legend of Retro podcast, how dare you? If you don't re- understand that reference, then you need to go listen to the Legend of Retro podcast. But let's just but but Xander Xander knows what I'm saying. That's all that matters. All right. So if you could pick two video game characters to have their masks added into the game for Link to put on and harness their power, who would it be? Samus Arin. (laughs) Come on, guys. Like, why even ask me this? My second one, Samus Arin. Just different suits. Hell, let's do all the suits. No, I mean, I would pick Samus Arin as one. I think that would be, it'd be ridiculous because of the, of the, you know, settings. But I would love it. And it still follows Nintendo, keeping Nintendo IPs within their games. But other than that, another mask that I would like to see would probably be, I don't know, come back to that one. Who has one? Diablo. Diablo. (laughs) Yeah. And then my second one would be... What power do you get from Diablo? The power of death. Man, Link just, Zelda just got real dark all of a sudden. Um, And then my second one would be Kratos. Ooh, that's a good one. Mm, I like Kratos. But the new bearded Kratos. I'd say I'd never take Kratos' mask off, though, so... Uh, What about you, Ethan? I have two. Uh, Mega Man X, I want Link to get, like, dash boots from a... uh, From a mask, so, like, he gets to, like, leap forward to attack. I think that'd be a really cool mechanic of, uh, you know, a Zelda fight, to be able to have that. And, uh, you know, that way you don't have to roll around the world everywhere. (laughs) You could just do, like dashes um and then you know one that i think could be really a really fun mod that someone actually could make online or something would be uh spider-man's mask to give him webs that, so link <laughs> could like swing through uh you know and, and get to new areas with with like shooting webs i like that yeah my uh my samus one would be for the for the cannon or i think it'd be hilarious if he turned into a ball and rolled around and laid uh Laid bombs, but they were actually like the like the the uh, Zelda <laughs> bombs. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, a second character. I'm having a hard time thinking of a second character that really would really sticks out to me like this one. Yeah, I'm just gonna go with Samus. What if uh, he had a Donkey Kong mask and he throw barrels? I mean, I would make. See, I think I think they could do a lot of this like Easter egg stuff with all the, with their Nintendo characters. That'd be awesome. I mean, I loved Bayonetta because I could go put on the Samus Aran outfit and then all of her moves converted into more like Metroid style moves. Same with like putting the Bowser dress on and all of a sudden her like uh, demon fists were just giant Bowser fists coming out of the screen, punching people like that was a blast. It was ridiculous, but it was, but it didn't like take away from the game. So doing it to Zelda probably wouldn't work because people take Zelda seriously, but still it'd be, it'd be funny as an Easter egg. It'd be funny. All right. Thanks for the question test. Next up, we have Brian. 
And he says, what is the group's most anticipated game for 2017? In addition, how are you relating this anticipation to the letdown of No Man's Sky? Should we say it all at the same time? Well, his is not going to be this, but yeah, yours it, and it I is be. No Man's is not No Man's Sky. It's Horizon Zero Dawn. Yes. I'm trying to think of what I am the most excited about for 2017. If they're uh, they haven't given a date to Spider Man or God of War. I think you'll get Spider Man 2017. Then I'm gonna say Spider Man. Now and again, and you may, a, and, and I think God of War p- possibly. And this is not a knock at all on Horizon Zero Dawn. I think it looks like a great game. Um, I don't know if I'll pick it up day one. We'll have to, uh, you know, time will tell on that one. Spider-Man, I will probably pick up day one. I am yeah. so, just the, just the 20 seconds of gameplay we've seen from that, it looks gorgeous. Spider-Man's fun. I can just see me loving that game. Yeah, now uh, your second part of the question there is is good. Uh, in addition, how are you relating this anticipation to the letdown in No Man's Sky? When you come to, to Horizon Zero Dawn, I think it's huge. I think... You watched a game that was supposed to change the way gaming was done. Mm-hmm. And now we're looking at Horizon Zero Dawn as that next big... It's the next big game, right? It's that next one in line. So it's like you just you you just had this high where you're like, here it is, here it is, here it is, here it is. And wow, that was a huge miss. So now you're like... Please don't do that, Horizon Zero Dawn. Please. It does. It does make you a little nervous. It has to, but no, nowhere near as nervous as I was for a game like No Man's Sky because it's Gorilla and well, Gorilla's yeah. never let me down. Yeah, and that's so, the thing. That that is the difference is that you have you have a public you have a developer that you know isn't Hello Games. It isn't their first game, but the crazy thing about Gorilla is that like you walk into Gorilla's headquarters and all it is. Is Killzone stuff because that's all they are, mm-hmm. right? And then they yeah. come out and they're like, "Oh yeah, we're making this new third-person open-world adventure." They had to build a whole new engine just for this game. They had to build a whole like everything that they used to do is different here. It doesn't scare me one bit because this is that company that has that power to do that. But at the same time, it's like it's impressive. And, and scary because it is completely different in, in, in any direction that Gorilla has ever gone. So, um, you know, you have to, I think, I think Hori- No Man's Sky has taught people that get hyped, get excited, but, but reserve yourself slightly because for games that are promising the, the universe, you, it may just fall short. I remember seeing footage of No Man's Sky and knowing things about No Man's Sky um, and then, you know, when you guys got me my PS4 for Christmas last year, one of my first thoughts was, yes, now I'm not going to miss out on No Man's Sky. I'm going to play that game and experience it. And the closer we got to it, I went, well, first off, I was going to buy it. And I was like, oh, it's supposed to come out while I'm on my honeymoon. Eh, well, we'll see. And then, you know, the delay happened. And then I was just like, eh, no, not interested. I, I honestly I, I buy I own a lot of games right yeah. and I, and I buy games to this day that I haven't even played yet just for collection that is one of those games that I could trade in tomorrow and it would I wouldn't miss it like it, it's not one that needs to be in my collection it's just it's just a disappointment all the way around so it, it definitely has put a huge negative on the year of you know that we're in right now of games mm-hmm. like it, it like when you think of this year 
unfortunately, one of the big notes that you could go back and look on is this flop. Mm-hmm. On all the success and all the things around us that we're enjoying, it'll sit there you know, as one of the biggest disappointments. And it's sad, too, that it's probably going to end that way, especially coming yeah. off a year where like Witcher 3 and Fallout 4 made these huge booms, and it was like, oh, these are some of the greatest games to date. And now it's like, yeah. hey, what happened this year? Yeah. Oh, yeah, No Man's Sky flopped. But thanks for the question, Brian. Next up, we have Tony. It says, assuming none of you have a Wii U. So let's just assume we don't own Wii U's right now. Okay. Is Breath of the Wild enough to make you go out and get one? My answer is yes. Zelda is a huge piece, is a huge thing for me. But Breath of the Wild, open world Zelda, and the... the videos and clips that we have seen of this game now, yeah, yeah, I would buy a Wii U for it. If looking forward to the Wii U being $99 or less, then that answer is a yes. Still the, two, what, $200 price tag it's at? Yep. I like Zelda games. I think this one looks very, very fun. It just, it looks like a beautiful, immersive environment that would be great to get into. Um, I don't see me investing two hundred and sixty dollars to play this game. Let's let's spice let's spice this up a little bit. Assuming that we don't know about the NX and we don't even know if if Breath of the Wild would be coming to the NX. The only way you're going to play Breath of the Wild is on the Wii U, and you also know you have Splatoon. You have you have these other games that are good. I do already own a Wii U game, despite not owning a Wii U. It's true. So at that point. I mean, it's a definite yes for me because of, because of the Zelda fan that I am. Now, I could see this not going the same way for people that don't care as much about Zelda, but Breath of, Breath of the Wild I'm super excited for, and if I knew it was only coming out on the Wii U and I didn't own one, I would lock down a Wii U. Yes. It's just tough for me. If uh, We've had this conversation before. If the Wii U itself was $100 and you could get some of these great titles that are on the system for $20... Oh, it's a it'd, no-brainer. It'd be worth an investment, but you know, at the two hundred dollars price tag, and a lot of these games still running forty, sixty dollars. When I already have a PS4 that I love and I'm enjoying, there's so many titles I want to play there. It's it's not worth owning the system for for me right now. If by assuming that I don't have a Wii U, you're taking away my experience with my Wii U, then I would say I'd be more likely to purchase it with this game, knowing I could get Splatoon and stuff like that than if I were to be able to keep my experience with it because Xenoblade was so bad. I just, like, so bad. I'm telling you, you got to put some time in I, the game. I can't. I can't. If, you, if I if I turn my Wii U back on, I'm playing Splatoon. Well, like, yeah. So. I have a choice, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's 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 tough because the other thing that you got to be you know worried about is that if the system goes to $99, we're already seeing the used games go up. You already you're already starting to see these these like you know first party games starting to carry a forty fifty dollar price tag now pre owned, so because people know what it's going to do. It's a Nintendo console. People are going to want to collect it. These first party titles on the Wii U are excellent, excellent video games, and with a low low sales, low installs, they're going to be expensive to buy because the quantities aren't there. This isn't Call of Duty that has millions and millions of copies. You know, Mario Maker sold 3.2 million. That's not a lot. It's not a lot. So, you know, 
um, if you have a Wii U and you have a collection, I recommend holding on to it because I think that because of the short cycle for this system, it's going to be valuable because it's going to be hard to find some stuff for it. I see the I do see the Wii U being celebrated in the future. Yep. I do see video game fans and video game collectors saying the Wii U was something we all missed out on. Yep. I absolutely see that. Do I, you know, do I think we're all missing out on it now? Not necessarily because I think you're all missing out if some if you've never played Splatoon. Yeah. Which <laughs> I haven't. I've never played Splatoon. Splatoon is is an experience in its own God, if you haven't played it, you need to you need to if you know someone with a Wii U and they have Splatoon, you should try it. You guys I'm uh, looking at you, Ethan. I know. The thing is is Splatoon, I called it out a couple of E3s ago. That was the game I was the most excited about. And when it came out, I still lived in Mount Pleasant. So I never got invited over to play it. And you guys probably haven't played it since I moved home in February. There you go. By the way, uh, to- <coughs> to- invite me over to play Splatoon. Okay, fine. We'll, we'll play Splatoon. We'll fucking do it. Or, by bring, the- or bring your Wii U to hang out with Sci-Fi and AJ and I in my new game room at my house. That might be that might happen actually. Uh, and also, Tony wants to uh, say hashtag need Jazzy OOT update. We need an Ocarina Ooh, of Time yeah. update. Um, I did pick it up and play a little bit more of it, but I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to do it now, like be able to pick it up and put put more time into it now just because after coming back from Toronto I was so hyped into into League which is my favorite game um, and then the, the gauntlet happened after that so I was really really into League um, plus it doesn't help that I'm like obsessed with League yeah, right now so, so, like, so he's I'm, playing with me so I have somebody yeah. that I'm playing with for the first time in a long time yeah but um but we'll get yeah, I'll have to I'll have to pick it up and try to get some more time into it um, you have now to. You before have to now. the you, end of the month. You have to now because you have your own, like, you, you literally have your own hashtag. Right. Like, that's pretty, you're legit, man. Yeah, legit. But yeah, I'll try to put some more time into it and then give you a better update before the end of the month because unfortunately at the end of the month, world starts and then I won't be playing a yeah. great of time again. Yeah. All right. Thanks for the question, Tony. Next up we have Xander, and he says, I am hooked on Overcooked. What simple game has captured your imagination and time for longer than you expected? Shout out to the Jackbox games. Uh, so I haven't played Overcooked yet. I've heard a lot about it. it. Sounds really fun. Sounds like something that we definitely need to check out. But uh, I mean, we talked about it last week. One of the games that that's, you know simple that we put tons of time into, Flow. Flow was huge on the PS3. Um, if I had to pick another one, <sighs> Resogun. I put a lot of time into Resogun or Super Stardust Delta, which was before Resogun. Same same people. Limbo. Like, there's a lot of those simplistic games that I, that I really enjoy. Geometry Wars for me. Yeah, there you go. That's a great one. I mean, it's a modern take on an arcade classic and... I like it. It is fun. It is simple, and it is fun. I remember a game I got super hooked on, and I don't know why, but I like couldn't put it down for weeks. Was Cake Mania? And it's so <laughs> dumb. You make cakes. What the you hell, make, You make cakes and deliver them to people. That's that's what you do. And then it's like, oh, what you can system, make a, What system was this on? This was uh, a mobile. Oh. For for me, it's mobile, but you can get it like for PC and stuff yeah, like that. Um. But yeah, I don't know why I got so hooked on that game because it was so dumb. 
So <laughs> Ethan wants to no. make a comment, but it's so bad he doesn't even know what he wants to say. No, I'm I'm actually I don't have much to say. I'm actually holding in a fart right now, and that's one of the reasons I'm sort of wiggling oh. about. Oh, I mean, I'm okay. trying not to crap my pants. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> I gambled. No oh one. boy, I I would have to say the other one that. Ooh. The other, oh my God! <laughs> God. We are in an enclosed studio. What the hell were you thinking? There's like, one. That's what you get for playing cake, man. <laughs> that's right. There's one other. Listen here, earbud. Why don't you go get an optical port and shove it up your ass so you can plug it up? <laughs> hey, don't make fun of my PlayStation <laughs> earbud. You still use the earbud? Oh, yeah, yes, still use he the still earbud. uses the earbud. God damn! I, I sat on it. I moved my controller, and I thought I, I for a second, I thought I pulled the cord out of the actual. But I thought it would have worked better if you did. Hey, do not talk about the earbud that way. <laughs> Anyways, there's one other game I want to I want to say. My audio so bad when we're in chat. <laughs> one other game I want to say for Xander, and that is Thomas was alone. Is an amazing game about a pixel. <laughs> it's literally a square, but the way that they narrate the game, you fucking care about this damn cube. I, oh my god, Thomas was alone. If you if you haven't played it, check it out. It's probably like three dollars. It's awesome. All right, thanks for the question, Xander. Let's finish it off, close it out with Braden. Hello, my favorite bunch of ragtag bearded gamers. I have to keep it serious this week as I am seriously debating on a purchase this week. After playing Overwatch for free this weekend, I was really liking it. I reached level 10 and found out I am best suited as a role of support for the team. I ended up playing the most with Mercy but dabbled a bit with Zenyatta. I haven't tried any other support characters because I felt the most comfy with those two. In your expert bearded opinions, who is the best support character and why? Say hi to your moms for me, Brayden. Shout out to it being Food Lady's birthday. Yeah, birthday. there you go. Oh, nice. We're all, yeah, we'll, we'll just, Food Lady gets all the love then. We're not even going to say hi to all the other moms, just Food Lady. <laughs> Alright, um, best support character in my opinion is Zenyatta, and why? Uh, he heals, um, but he also can cause a considerable amount of damage. He has his discord ball, which you can throw onto enemies, and even other your other teammates shooting them get a get a uh, extra damage because of it. So even if you're not hitting them, as long as that discord ball is on them, it's an advantage. Uh, and then his alt basically makes, if long as you're within his range, it makes everybody invincible. So he's a very strong character that also, as long as you remove yourself from battle after about two seconds, he just starts to auto heal himself. So he, again, if you're good with Zenyatta, he has, uh, he can sustain himself very well too. That's my, that's my favorite support. Let me tell you what the best support is, Braden. All right. Being the current support player on the Motor City Gaming Overwatch team, doesn't sound like I am long. more excited that you are playing support so that I can go into a DPS role because I've been enjoying the hell out of it. Um, my favorite support is Lucio for the simple for the simple fact that he is, in my opinion, the most well-rounded support in total because. He does an AOE heal. So as long as somebody's within his range, he's healing you. So you can focus completely on doing damage. You can his alt is a, a mega shield. So when you get into those huge like team fights where everybody's going off, I feel 
I do play Zenyatta. Do like Zenyatta as well. But I feel like in the big team fights, it's harder for me to keep people alive. Same thing with Mercy because it's a, a single heal. Um, it's harder for me to keep the team alive. Whereas with Lucio, I don't have to worry about making sure that everybody is getting taken care of. Let's I can just call it out for everybody. what it is here, okay? Let's just call this out. Can I this. call it out for what it is? It's it's called lack of skill. Exactly. It's That's called, why. I want to be this character that just heals everybody by them standing by me because yeah. I'm not good enough That's at the actually most, healing oh, people. It's the most overpowered healer in the game. Plus, if you get in my face, I'll just blow your ass off a cliff. That is why I agree with Jazzy. Whoa. We all know. Wait a minute. What did I just hear? I'm he agreeing with, with No White. Oh, my God. I am not a skilled Overwatch player. A new day has arisen I in the Motor City Gaming Studios. I play the cheapest characters, which means if I look around and no one else on my team feels like playing support, I hop on and play Lucio. I feel like I can be helpful offensively and get some healing done because it's easy to just heal people near you it's easy it's easy to do a new day in the studio guys i'm looking for a co-host and a producer because but listen not only is he heal he could switch over to a speed burst which you have to admit at points like oh we're about to go into overtime i've made it to a point and then retaken the point and won the game because i was able to get back to the point fast enough i don't know if you've ever done that Oh, I've done it You've multiple seen it. times. You've seen it done. Multiple times. You've seen it done. Plus, he could wall ride. So if you get pushed down in that little well in that one, you could just continually wall ride around until you pop back up. <laughs> Wait a second. Is that true? No, yeah. Yeah. That's legit. If you're good enough. If you're good we enough. We all know I'm not. Yeah. We all know Jazzy's not either. Plus, I guess there is some sort of... <laughs> no. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely not. I've tried it a few times to no avail, but um, I've actually seen people where they can like almost like cheat mode Lucio where you can like program your controller to always be pressing down because that's what like his like pressing down is what his skating like is triggered off of so then I've seen people like in the pressing videos down on what like down on the like d-pad like you have to actually hit down in order for it to like wall ride skate on the d-pad on the like the, the joystick, move, the joystick, move stick. Oh, click, stick. clicking. Yeah. So oh. right. So L three. Sure. When you say down, I'm thinking like you're pushing yeah. like down. But I've seen people that have actually gone you in know? and like changed the button so that it automatically registers that. And I've seen Lucio's literally like jump up like the whole city of buildings over to like their spawn point and then kill them, like without even touching the ground. I'm like the. the that no, that's not right. Nerf's coming. Nerf's coming. Oh yeah, something's gonna happen. Lucio's but. good. Uh, Lucio's good. As far as an AOE, like you said, AOE. Per, if you're if you're looking for support on the concept of like trying to just support the whole team and drop a shield, but if you're looking for someone that's like where you want to focus, then I don't think you can yeah. beat Zenyatta. I've seen some great uh, Anna's, but I really think Zenyatta is still uh, a force to be reckoned with. I think between those three, it's just situational. Like if you're in a team a team fight type of situation where you're trying to hold a point down, I think Lucio's the best. If you're in a situation where you need to like save your team clutch at a moment, I think Zenyatta's alt and being able to discord people is going to turn a fight for you. I mean, it's situational, but it's also team based. If you have a team that is uh, that's running away with it, you know, that's just that doesn't seem to really need you, then mercy almost becomes an advantage because. Let's just say you get in that situation where you got caught unlucky and your team falls down. Yeah. On the final push, on the, and with with no time left, 
you know, your invincibility doesn't help you. Your nothing helps you, but you know what does? A full team res. Yep. So it plays to analyzing your team early and adjusting on the fly and figuring out which one's going to support that particular team. You know, I've seen people pushing the pushing the uh, cargo and they're meters away from finishing and the whole team drops because of a diva alt. And right just after trash. Yeah, and right diva after that, trash. right after that, a Mer- mercy just going whoop and everyone's up and they they win the game because of it. Otherwise, they were in overtime and it would have been game over. Like so so yeah, there's definitely clutch plays for multiple supports. It just depends on your team. Let me tell you when I play mercy. I enjoy playing mercy the most. When I am only playing with Grimlock the Dino Nine from Motor City Gaming and nobody else, and that way I could That's just me. healing stream and damage boost him the whole time, and then if he dies, I res him because I don't give a crap about all those scrubs that don't know how to play the game. And that's when I go like forty-two and zero. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, maybe forty-two and two, so you can res me a couple times, just so that just yeah, so, you, just so I die a couple times. So just like, so I've had my ult for five minutes. Uh, can you die? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. But that's cool. I, I hope you uh, I hope you end up picking up the game. You've reached level ten, so if you purchase the game now uh, that you participate in the free weekend, your levels your your progress transfers over to your game, so you won't have to start over again. So that's cool. So I would I would recommend it. It's a blast, and uh, we'd love to have you on the team. But that's been emails. You can always send them in to info at motorcitygaming.com. Thanks for everybody that sent in their questions today, and. Keep them coming. But that's uh that's episode one twenty two of the Gamezilla podcast. We'd like to thank uh DetroitBeardCollective.com. I almost called it Motor City Beard Collective. Motor City Beard Collective. <laughs> DetroitBeardCollective.com, our sponsors. Uh, check them out and use the code MCGaming. Save yourself twenty percent on all orders over twenty five dollars. But, uh, Ebone, there's, there's another show I think people should check out. That is correct, Grimlock! Listen to The Legend of Retro, the best retro video game podcast on the entire internet. It releases at MotorCityGaming.com every other Thursday, and you can head over to the Motor City Gaming forums and uh, get your little uh, peepers on what they're going to be talking about on the upcoming shows and you can be part of the conversations and get your thoughts added into the show by commenting on the forums. It's the legend of retro download it. iTunes, Stitcher, tune in Google play everywhere. You get podcasts. And of course, motorcitygaming.com. And you thought that you escaped it, Jazzy, but you didn't shout out Harambe. Dicks up, dicks up, dicks up, dicks up. That's right. It's time for muster bust for next week. Oh, here we go. Get ready. I want a one bust. sentence response. I want an answer. Muster bust and a one sentence response. Here Done. we go. Rise of Iron. Must because all of my friends are gonna play it, and I want to get the pre-ordered Galahorn. Galahorn. Ethan, I'm gonna have to search my budget, but it's probably gonna be a must. Otherwise, I'll just be playing Overwatch by myself. <laughs> I'm going to go with a must. It's Destiny. We've been hearing some great things. And we finally have matchmaking, which newsflash, everybody. We are getting matchmaking this week, a week early from the expansion, 
This is from a leaked email. It's not 100% confirmed, but keep an eye out for an update in Destiny. Matchmaking should start this week. We're going to be able to have MCG matches. It's going to be Grimlock versus Jazzy, Chops versus Xander. We're going to have a blast with this. I'm so excited that we're finally going to be able to take all the people that are part of our Destiny community and actually play together against each other, have fun with it, instead of like, oh, sorry, our team's full, you're going to have to go somewhere else. One of the best times we had is when we had two Trials teams going and we met each other in Trials. Right, exactly. probably the most fun match we've had. I am looking forward to that so much. It's a must. Next up, Batman Telltale Series Episode 2. I'm going to say must if I play the first one, because it looks interesting, but I haven't played the first one. Either. I'm going to say bust because it's there's not pl- Spider-Man because <laughs> it's not Marvel. Uh, no, I love Batman. Jazzy's the Batman hater. So it's a surprise. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not a hater. I just don't think he's a superhero. Yeah, you're just, <sighs> you're just deep Can dogging keep Superman. Going? <laughs> you guys are ruining the segment because Jazzy's dumb as hell. Batman's a superhero. He's a badass. Ethan, it's a bust because why? Because there's plenty of Batman stories that you can soak in and take in plenty of other places through comics, movies, TV shows. I would put my gaming dollars towards a different experience. Okay. Um, I'm going to go bust. You're not even buying it! (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go bust. I haven't played episode one. I haven't played a lot of the Telltale uh, games recently. I know they're good. A lot of people enjoy them. Just not not my cup of tea. Uh, I'm looking more for the fast-paced, action-based games, and this is more of just like that story, like, so you're backing up what I just said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Eat it, Jazzy! <laughs> you both dumb as hell. Next up, Firewatch. Bust. Why? Because, like we were just saying with that, it's not my cup of tea. I don't think that's going to be a game that I can really get into. Okay. Especially with Rise of Iron coming out. Okay. I'm going to say bust because as a PlayStation owner, I've had plenty of opportunities to play it and never once thought I Ooh, wanted to. Ooh, that, that was a stab at Xbox right there. That's right. This is coming out for the Xbox Firewatch. I'm going to say it's a must. If you are an Xbox owner, you need to check this game out. It is a pretty cool uh, first-person, again, like adventure mystery game um, that we have had a chance to play on the PS4. It has been a lot of fun. About the only negative to it is that people felt it was too short, so just keep you know be aware of that. But I think it's a must for Xbox One owners. It's it's done well on the PlayStation. Why not check it out? Lastly, Killer Instinct Definitive Edition. Bust. That is season one through three. All the characters, all the modes, uh, game concept art, lore, everything about Killer Instinct wrapped up, including the original Killer Instinct. All in one bundle. Oh, wonderful! What's uh, what's the price? Thirty nine ninety nine. Oh, bust! I'd rather play Barbie's Wild Horse Adventure fight scene. <laughs> you than just hate Killer Xbox. Instinct. Moving on. I hate Killer no, Instinct too. I, I, for forty bucks, I'd be breaking combos. I'd be doing it, yeah. and you get the original Killer Instinct yes. and all the all those add-ons. Yeah, if you're an Xbox owner and you like fighting games. That's your option, right? Absolutely. Do you have another option other than Killer Instinct on the platform? Buy a PS4. Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Well, I mean, Mortal Kombat's awesome. So yeah, if, if you had to compare the two. But no, yeah, I'd say if you like fighting games, that's that's a buy. Yeah, I think especially yeah, Killer Instinct fans, it's a must. Uh, but even fighting game fans uh, on the Xbox who have seen so many exclusives go to the PS4 way, 
uh, this is this is a great deal. If you haven't been sta- like now, if you bought all the seasons individually as as this game developed over the years, then maybe it's not as good of a value to you. But if you're someone that's like, yeah, I've played the free version of it and I never really paid money, here's your chance. Here's where you just buy it all in one clump and you get it all. So there you have it, muster bust for next week's releases, right here on Motor City Gaming. I throw it in whenever I want because you don't even know it's coming. That's right, Jazzy. Good job, oh. you Xbox hating bitch. Ethan, good job. You just all around were awesome. Thank you all right. for acknowledging that I was more than adequate. Yeah, more than adequate for once. <laughs> That's what she said. At least you could answer she that. She did. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to listen to the show and know you said that. All right, now we can close out the episode properly. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, guys... You can check us out every Tuesday, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, Google Play, and MotorCityGaming.com. We are the elite free DLC for gaming on the internet. We'll see you next week, and until then, game game on! on!